And welcome back. It's the full 40 with Chris and Rob brought to you by Nova Insider. It is Monday, February 18th. Yep. Rob is back in New York. Holla. He was in Florida. I was. I was trying to bring back some of that Florida State victory juju that we had back in the day. Was not able to do that. Yeah, no, you you, you failed miserably. That said, I'm excited to be here. And yes. as we've learned... The best podcasts are always recorded after a loss and late in the evening. So what are we doing tonight? Recording after a loss and late in the evening. So it's going to be a great show. Yep. For sure. It's President's Day as we record this. Ah, indeed it is. So shouts to Father Peter Donahue. Oh, that's a good shout out. I like that. Yeah. I know he's a big listener. He <laughs> texts me all the time. He's like, Rob, I love what you're doing. Tone down the profanity. To be clear, Father Peter does not do that. No, he did not text you. (laughs) But I'm sure he'd be somewhat amused that we have a podcast. I think probably entertained. He would definitely give us a hard eye roll and be like, really? Like, you guys just needed to put more crap out there? Like, you guys were annoying enough on campus. Like, why? Why? Nobody else needs that. Correct. But anyway. But internally, he'd be like, all right, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't no, actually care. N- nobody's reached out to us to, to squash the podcast yet, so we'll continue no. on. No, we're just going to keep going with it. That's right. So so let's do it. Let's actually have some debate right now about that would maybe lead someone from the administration to call us and say, maybe you should scrap the podcast. <laughs> about our February swoon, which is now becoming an annual thing. It is an annual thing. We lost. Yeah. We've lost two of three. Very similar to what happened when we started the podcast last year. Yes. And what, how did that season end? One national championship. Remind me, yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure how it ended, so thank you for that. That being said, I'm going to rule a national championship <laughs> out. Hot take? Hot take, we're not going to win it. You heard it here <laughs> first. Yes, yes. So, uh, I feel so many different things about last night's win. Tell me about your feelings, Chris. Yes, yes. So what I want you to do in this podcast, I just want you to be a therapist. It's basically a little after Valentine's Day, so we're going to pretend we're on a date. I'm going to be the listening one. You yeah. tell me how you feel, I'll tell you why it's wrong. Or maybe you're right. <laughs> we'll see. All right. We'll see how this plays out. So first things first, I went to the game yesterday. I went... Oh, jealous. Yes. I'm sure you're so jealous. Dude, I was at, yeah, okay, so quick one. So I was down in Florida. I was um, I was actually at a family reunion, pseudo-family reunion for uh, for my wife's family. Um, and, and look, we, we had a great time. But family reunions, you're always a little like, eh, you know, whatever. Plus I will, you're an in-law. Plus I'm an in-law, right, right, okay. I'm like making my inroads, so I'm getting a little bit more credibility. I will say this. So Nicole, my wife, her father is a huge Philly sports fan. Like Nicole is a big Philly sports fan. Her father defines like Philly sports fan like he like he's like he loves Philly sports right he's like all into it right goes all the Flyers games whatever so he appreciates some fandom so we were like hey we've got you know family outing on Sunday and Nicole are like hey you know we we gotta watch the game right so I've got my phone with me I've got my extra battery pack so I've got like three charges to go I can stream the game if possible no 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 we'll find you a bar so 
They like made sure we, we found a bar, had TVs. Nicole and I plopped down at the bar. Literally the rest of the family, there's like 20 people at a long table actually eating the meal. Nicole and I are just posted up at the bar watching the game. <laughs> it was awesome. So so credit to, well, I guess kind of drown our Although, in that game. Compared to the second half, I'm sure you'd rather have just been talking to your I know. <laughs> it was it was not great. It started so well. We were so chatty with the bartender, and I was like, nah, yeah, <laughs> this, no. is, this is terrible. So anyway, I went, to, you're I went the to the game yeah, yeah. with my wife and my parents. Yeah. Now, to be fair, my parents both went to St. John's. Okay? Unfortunately. And as my friends all know, I am the resident St. John's apologist. They're very athletic. Yes. I've said for, <laughs> I've said for years, oh, athletic team, St. John's athletic <laughs> Literally team. like five years, like yeah. running joke. No, ever since Mullen's been the coach, no, like give credit when credit's due. He's not a good coach at all, but, but he, can <laughs> yeah, recruit, he can recruit with the best of them. He has an eye for good athletes. Because um, it's because it's really hard to pick out good athletes. No, he, no, but you have to get them to go to your team. Fine, fine, yeah. And he gets them to go to his team. Yeah. And he's done less with the talent that he's had in this <laughs> yeah. roster than most coaches ever. <laughs> exactly. But here they are. They have got a, a much more experienced team. They got a great point guard. They got some good transfers in with good experience, and they have a team. They have a team this year that people expected to make the tournament. From the beginning of the year. That was the talk about St. John's coming into the year. John Rothstein was all up in their all up in their grill, being like, oh, they're gonna be like they're the most talented team in the Big East. They might not win the Big East, but they're the most talented team. St. John's is a good team. And they looked hot to start the year. They looked hot to start the year. They played a garbage schedule, <laughs> won all those games, but then when push came to shove, they beat Seton Hall at Seton Hall, and then they beat Marquette, and everyone's like, Oh, this team's actually legit. Yeah. yeah. And they got ranked. And then we beat them at the pavilion. Yeah. And then they fell apart. And then they really struggled. And yeah. they traded. And they had a Jekyll and Hyde type of year. And then they've won a couple of games recently. Like they beat Marquette again. But then they lost to Providence, who's the bottom of the Big like, East. What? And then they beat Butler in overtime. And then they beat us. Yeah. And so now, so now look, St. John's is going to make the tournament. Okay. They're going to make the tournament. They're tied with Seton Hall for third place. They have one more game remaining with Seton Hall at the Garden. So St. John's has like a clear path if they decide that they care enough. They have a clear path to being coming in third in the conference this year. Yep. Which, so they're a good team. They're going to make the tournament. Oh, yeah. we, th- that win over us last night was pretty much it. They're going to make the tournament. So I am a St. John's apologist. It's very clear, my thing, because they're my second favorite team in the Big East because my parents went there. Fine. Period. End of story. Whatever. Okay. I don't have another favorite team in the Big East because I only root for Villanova. Because I'm a true fan. And you're not a true fan. That's, that's, what, it. that's what it comes down to. Yeah, period. Just call, just call not, it what it is. Not a true fan. Not a true fan. Right. <laughs> really actually don't like the team. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm sitting there. Now, my parents are funny because my mom, over the course of me going to Villanova and yeah. being a huge Villanova fan, has become a Villanova fan. So she sure. shows up yesterday. She didn't wear a Villanova V, but she had a blue shirt on. Okay. Okay. And she was cheering like hell for Villanova. Really? Which is crazy because going back when she was in school, she used to go to MSG. She used to go to the arena on campus. And she used to cheer like hell for St. John. She was really into basketball yeah. growing up. So so she has converted 100% to St. John's. Now, what's your dad I mean, doing? Villanova. Yeah, what's your dad doing at this point? My dad wears – my dad's belief on – rooting is whoever needs it more so when st john's is awful hmm, he just roots for villanova to win the game because he doesn't want villanova to take a bad loss okay okay when st john's is good he roots for st john's to win hmm. by and large yeah because he's like okay villanova is probably going to be fine regardless right, right, right. 
let's get St. John's that extra win to okay. get over the hump. All right, all right. So they're both good sports for the most part. Yeah, generally good sports. Yeah. So I'm sitting next to my dad yeah. and my mom. And on my right side, both St. John's grads. By the way, both born on the same day, same year. Which Super is weird. weird. Yeah. yeah, very weird. They're actually the same person. They just clone <laughs> themselves. <laughs> no, if you know my parents, they couldn't definitely, be further, no, no, definitely not, definitely couldn't be not. further <laughs> apart. And I'm some weirdo in the middle. Well, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. So my mom's sitting. So in the second half, right, my mom's sitting to the right of me. She's got her pocketbook on, and she's just in a push on her face the entire time. She's channeling all the negative. And I'm sitting there silent. She's channeling all the negative energy that I have. Oh, God. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? I don't understand what's going on. What's going on? What's happening? (laughs) Right? And then every three-pointer that they're hitting, because they went on a heater in the yeah, second yeah. half. My dad's like standing up, he's like, yeah, like in your face. Like, oh yeah. my god, it's so annoying. Right? I could so not I get, deal with that. You know, on both ends, I'm getting like such a weird terrible. energy coming from both of it. And then, but I will say this: put myself in the shoes of a St. John's fan. Last night was incredible. How wait? How was the garden atmosphere? Oh, by it way? was awesome. Was it, it was so it was like electric, electric to start yeah. the season? Like uh, to start the game, I have to point out the fact that we were up four in the very early part of the game, and St. John's fans started doing an overrated chant. What? Which is like... <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You're losing the game at this point in time. And then secondly, the overrated chant is the worst chant... Yeah, it, it doesn't make conceptual sense. In college, Yeah, in college basketball history. It's the worst chant. Yeah. Because, theoretically, if I'm playing a team, I want them to be underrated. Right, of course. I'm cheering. You're underrated. Yeah. We're better than you. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, totally. <laughs> right? I know it doesn't go well. It's like underrated. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. But like, so overrated feels like an insult. Sure. But like, it's also insulting you. Anyway, yeah. so that is it. But the guard was electric. Then it got quiet. And Villanova was just pounding them. Yeah, we basically shat on them for like the rest of the 15, first half. 15, 16 minutes of the first half. Then they kind of had, we made some really stupid mistakes. Yeah. We picked up too many fouls. That was their game plan, very clear. They couldn't hit a layup. They couldn't buy a bucket in the first half. But they were taken inside and trying to get us in foul trouble to fuck up our rotations. That's clearly what their thing was. They just weren't converting. I like their strategy of just take three-quarter length shots and make them. Yes. That was bold, and it worked. That was a really key moment in the game because we were oscillating from between about 14 and 19 points in the lead, like right around 15-point lead for most of that first half. They get it down to 14. We miss the shot on the other end. They get the ball and fire up that 70-foot heave and hit it. Which was uncontested, which that drove me nuts. There was... Like, Eric was walking away from the shooter. Which, like, look, I know you don't want to foul, but you don't straight up walk away. Like, put your hand up, stand a few feet away. Like, just do anything to interfere with it a little bit, but it was nothing. That totally changed the complexion of the game. Because now they're running into halftime after feeling like they played like ass. And they did. And they did. They were atrocious. And are only down 11. So we did not capitalize enough in the first half. Which put ourselves in a precarious situation in the second half. You're yeah. you're up 11. I'm sorry. Like Forget how the rest of the game play out. You're up at 11 at halftime. You're saying, this game ain't finished. Yeah. And teams typically regress to the mean. Yep. Right? For sure. So St. John's shot the ball like shit. You had to know they were going to shoot better in the second half just because they kind of had to. Right? We shot about average in the first half. I thought we'd keep that up in the second half and the game would tighten naturally, but we'd win. 
Well, the nice part about the first half for us was like we actually had some balanced scoring. We had Bay scored a few, yeah. JQ scored a few, Cremo scored a few. I was like, oh, this is great. This is what happens when everybody contributes and chips in. Team looks terrific. Not no. the second half. Just oh my gosh! Everybody, everybody disappears, and it's the Phil and Eric show again. Yeah, which is fine when it's working. It's not working right now. No, it's not. Yeah. So we go into halftime. We come back, and it's just it's clear from the jump that the the St. John's fans are back into it. They score a bucket early in that first half. They're down less than single digits, and it's like, oh god, here we go. Then we start to fight a little bit back. We have a we have a they they hit us with a big punch, and we countered. Right? And we got that lead back all the way up to 14. Yeah. And it was a media timeout. I think it was they were shooting free throws or something like that. And I turned to my dad and I go, I don't feel exactly comfortable here. A couple stops and a couple buckets real quick. And all of a sudden this game's an eight-point game and I don't feel good about that. Yeah. Right? What happens in that sequence thereafter? They, I forget if it was free throws or a bucket. They scored, a, they scored two points. Lead down to 12. We're dicking around with the basketball in the other half. Colin gets trapped. My opinion, he got assaulted on the play. Right. But he loses the ball. They go down. This is the whole game right here. They go down. They hit a layup. Timeout. Jay goes fucking ballistic. Yeah, this this drove me nuts. Yeah. So now the game is down to 10. Jay goes fucking ballistic. Doesn't realize the situation, etc. And I tweeted it out, and people were like, what do you mean he wanted? Jay asked for the technical with his behavior. Okay, Jay didn't act like he was up 10 still at that point. He acted, he got swept up in the moment. I don't care what he says, he got swept up in the moment. And he got a technical because he was pissed off at his guys. He took it out of the referees and he flipped out until he drove the ref into a point where he had to tee him up. Yeah. He got swept up by the environment. The environment was crazy. It was, it was, you could feel the weight of the situation. 10 felt like four, right? It was just a lot. Yeah. And then he... Fucking got that technical, and that he asked for it. Like you can't. I, you, I hate. I hated when it happened because obviously, like you could see. Okay, now we can get a single digits really easily, and the momentum is swinging back. The thing that pissed me off more than anything about that was the fact that look, you do, and like coaches obviously do or get drawn into technicals intentionally to get their teams riled oh, up. Jay's done it. Right, absolutely. But you do that when the lead is like, I don't know, like when your team's playing like shit and you're down five or something like that. Or it's like it's been salted away to two and you need to like really instill this point with your team that you need to turn it on. Not when you're up ten. Like ten's like, eh, whatever. You guys are playing like little crappy, whatever. And like the ref's gonna be, the ref's gonna have a short fuse too. He's like, dude, shut the fuck up. You're up ten points. Like, right. you're you're not getting bad calls here. Like, just right. deal with it. All right. Right. And so yeah, he gets teed up, and there's the game. He asked for it. He asked for that technical. That was the game. Because then that then the crowd went from the crowd went from like at like ninety percent to hundred ten percent. From that moment for the rest of the game. Yeah. Okay, and we had, we happened to fight back a little bit. There was pushback, etc. And then they got it too close, and then we and then it was a disaster. Right. But like that that moment was the moment of the game. There was two moments of that game that really drove me nuts. That sequence to end the first half, and that point right there was the entire game. Yeah. And it's why we salted away that lead. And you take a fourteen point lead, and in thirty seconds of gameplay, it's now eight. Yeah. And, and, yeah, it's obviously when we're not hitting shots, then there's no – we're not stopping that St. John's momentum because at the end of the day, we didn't hit shots yesterday. We are not we a good defensive atrocious. team. We can't get – we couldn't get a big stop to save our lives down the stretch. Yeah. And we couldn't make a shot. And you know why we couldn't make a shot? 
because of what you said before. Jay's rotations. Wait, rotations? You mean lack of rotations? Lack of rotations. Yes. Okay. He doesn't. He does not have rotations. Okay. Phil and Eric cannot continue to play this much. And I realize it's a little bit weird because I think Phil actually got less than 30 minutes yesterday. It doesn't matter. They're shooting like they're tired. Their legs are tired. Yeah, okay? so, so put it in put it in context. So Phil over the last three games is shooting 16% from three-point range. Right. That's terrible. From one of the guys who you absolutely rely upon. To do to 35% more. Right. 35% or more. And Colin, and look, I know we can debate Colin's probably sick a little bit, whatever, over the past three games, is shooting 10% from three and 15% from the field. Ever since you came and listened to our podcast <laughs> where we said Colin Gillespie has a chance yeah, to be exactly. one of the best shooters in Villanova history, Just he ice has cold. been absolutely awful ice from cold. behind the that, three-point line. That one's line. on us. That one's on us. That's on us. But I still believe Colin will get right. <laughs> but, I, yeah, but, but at the end of the day, when you've got Colin and Eric and Phil, who are the main drivers of the offense— when two of those three aren't clicking and basically aren't contributing anything from three-point range, it's just not going to work. And yesterday, nobody was contributing anything. Nothing. None of those guys. Nothing. And, oh, by the way, the offense can't be drip, Phil dribbles between his legs three times in a row and, like, then pulls up from, like, 27 feet. I, I feel That's like, not an offense. I feel like he's, like, um, in, what was it, Mighty Ducks? Is it Mighty Ducks 2 where they had the triple deke? And, like, Gordon Bombay calls, like, he's like, Julie the Cat, like, he's going to do the triple deke. Like, look out for it. And what does he do? He does the triple deke. Like, everybody knows it's going to happen. He just keeps doing it, and it doesn't work anymore. So, like, figure out something else. Oh, wait, play a little bit of offense within the offense. Like, ugh, it's disgusting. And I don't know if the hero ball is Jay Wright instructed, because Jay doesn't seem to have a problem with it on the sidelines. Is it Jay Wright instructed, or is it Phil doing whatever Phil wants to do? I don't think... I don't think it's... I think Jay's fine with it. I think Jay's fine with it. I can't imagine he's instructing Phil to do it. I'd be shocked if, at that point. Right. But anyway, so yeah. So no rotations. Obviously continuing to be absent from the rotation is Mr. Quinterly. So let's talk about Mr. Quinterly, who had a great start, I thought, to to the game yesterday. He had hit like back-to-back threes. Bank One was of them, open. Bank was open. Hey, I heard he called bank. That's the word on the street. Um, but yeah, he hit the shots, which was great. I was like, all right, kid's going to play with some confidence. Yeah, he followed that up, made a turnover. Fine, whatever. It actually didn't result in points, if I recall correctly. And I'm kind of like, all right, like he's got a little bit of a leash. And Jay actually gave him a second shift, a rare second shift for JQ. Yeah. Not but that second. was it. Yeah. But that was it, of course. And Once we hit the second half, whoop, No, gone. forget it. Like, no, yeah, you don't play. So frustrating. Yeah, no. Javon's allergic to playing in the second half. I, I just don't. And, I don't Jay, this is this is this is the point that drives me really nuts. Is look, we're twenty and six. Look, let's put things in perspective here. We're twenty and six. If you watched the first eight games of this season, you never thought twenty and six was a realistic possibility. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Our two losses in conference play are at two teams who are going to make the tournament. Okay. Right. Like, all things considering, going into this year, if you had to circle two games and going into the tournament that you said, okay, we're going to lose, it's going to be at St. John's and at Marquette. Sure. You're going to circle those two games. For sure. One of the most likely losses at St. John's, at Marquette, period. Absolutely. Okay? 100%. We lost those games. Yeah. Okay? Marquette, I actually thought in the last five games, Marquette was the best we looked. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Despite the loss. Yeah. And St. John's, the first half we played great. In the second half, we looked like shit. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, was maybe the one of the worst we looked. 
And I'm with you. It's one of these, like, okay, yes, if you look at it before the season and before the Big East, agree with you totally. It's just when you're in the game and you're up 19 points, it's it. that's what it shows, like, the complexion of the team and the coaching. That's what raises more questions. Of course. No question. I'm just saying going into it, realizing where we are, putting it in perspective, at 20-6 and six and, what, 11-2 and two in conference. Yeah. Right? You're sitting there, and if you had to draw up a schedule from that, Right, you're probably like, oh, they probably lost at Marquette and lost at St. John's. Yeah, yeah, knowing nothing, that those would be your two guesses. Yes, and you'd be right. Correct. And people will be like, yeah, it happens. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you move on. You lose it's to you lose to tournament grade conference road games. Yeah. Like that's what teams do all the time. And 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 what we were talking about earlier is, you know, we mentioned the February swoon, which we're now saying is like an annual thing. We'll lose these kind of two of three. Like, what we were debating earlier is this idea that, hey, look, like, there's still time to improve, which I know last year at this point, we were saying, hey, like, kind of the ceiling is falling a little bit. Like, I don't know if the team's going to be able to get it together. Obviously, different personnel. So it's a different conversation. That said, like, maybe there is still room for improvement. Frankly, I'm I'm a little pessimistic at this point. I, I get the pessimism. I get the pessimism, and the pessimism is because... Last year's team, you had young players who were still improving all the way through February. This year, the way Jay has set it up, everything is on Phil and Eric. Okay, Collins improved. He's had a rough streak lately. I'm willing to attribute that to a slump, being sick or whatever. I'm ready to. I'm okay writing that off. Yeah, because the other part of the season has clearly pointed pointed out that he's been. He'll be fine. Right. It's not like okay. he forgot how to shoot. Sadiq Bay has improved. Yeah. Okay, Sadiq Bey is a bona fide fourth contributor on this team. Yeah. Samuels has improved defensively, kind of, definitely on the glass. Still just disappears offensively. Offensively, uh, freaking doesn't make any sense. Marquette, he shot, what, five threes? And then the past two games combined, he shot one. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Can't figure that out. And then after that, you have no improvement. Demir Cosby Roundtree, has he improved? No, he's, he's exactly the same player he was last year, which is a, a a nice... Does a great job around the rim. He does a great job around the room. A lot of energy, for sure, but he contributes exactly what he contributed last year. Yeah. A little better free throw percentage, but yes, like, same player. Right. Which, like, you want a player like that, but yeah, he's not growing, he, for sure. He does the exact same thing in a bigger role. Yes, that's right. it. Right, that's it. And then you have, well, Swider's injured, so I'll give a pass there. You have... Javon Quinterly, who I just don't get, right? Early in the season, we said it's on the situation. Like, Jay has the right to make the personnel decisions, and he's and he doesn't think the guy, kid's ready. And you had an argument, right? Yeah. You had an argument to say he shouldn't be playing. Well, here's the real, real reality now. Phil and Eric both have to play 35 minutes a game at a high level for us to win big games. Yeah. Okay? Just not sustainable. We have... A five, you're giving Javon Quinterly five minutes or less, all in the first half yeah. of games. And so now you're in a situation where you're screwed because you don't have Javon Quinterly, a five-star player who should be coming along by now. Yeah. Yes, I get he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to start the season. I get that. Totally agree with that point. Okay, we're fine. Cool. It's now on Jay. It's not on JQ it's anymore. On it's Jay. on Jay Wright. Right now, the moment he decided after that Instagram post... Do you think, wait, here's, here's a question. Do you think that the now rotation of the assistant coaches has impacted the rotations that we see on the team? Because 
if you think about think about who we have right now on as our assistant coaches, we've got Kyle Neptune, we've got Mike Nardi, former player, and we've got you got Dwayne, Dwayne Anderson, Dwayne Anderson, also former player. You got um, yeah, well, you got George Halkovich. Yeah, you've got he's been on the staff forever, right? But um, but I guess my point is like if I contrast that with last year where we had a guy who was more senior in Ashley Howard who you know wasn't a player for Jay, right? You have him, you have Kyle Neptune, and then if we went back another year, you've got Baker who, while yes, he was a player for Jay, had really established his coaching credentials and definitely seemed to have Jay's ear to push him a little bit. I wonder how much of that is or isn't happening this year. Like, I feel like, you know, has anybody taken Jay aside and be like, hey, dude, like, something's got to fucking change here because this isn't working. You could be right. You could be right. Jay is really the old head. He's got working with a young assistant coaching staff. Yeah. By and large. Which which I would imagine that coaching staff is deferring to him a lot. Like, I don't think he's getting challenged as much. I'm purely speculating here. But I could absolutely see that dynamic, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, no, it's like a Nar- fair Nar- point. going to be less inclined to challenge him than, than fucking Ashley Howard. Ashley Howard's going yeah. to tell you what to do. I'm going to be a coach next year. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. the best assistant coach in the entire country. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I think that's a, I think that's a fair point. Uh, it's, it, but uh, at the end of the day, it's Jay and his staff who are responsible for the fact that Javon Quinterly is not playing more than five minutes a game. Yeah. And I don't mean responsible because they literally can control it. Because they can literally control it. I mean responsible that they haven't improved him. It's now on the coaching staff. A month into the season, two months into the season, it's not on the coaching staff. It's on the kid to accept the coaching and to get better. Four months into the season, after you had an opportunity, by the way, to say, that's it, kid, you're done. He gave you an opportunity. He gave everyone an out. He gave everyone an out. With that Instagram post to say, that's it, you're done. You're done for the season. And we didn't want him to do that, and he didn't do that, and they all made amends, and it was yep. all good, and Hunky Dory yep. played him a couple games. He showed a lot when he had a lot bigger role. Yeah. Now, the fact that you can't get him on the court, that you don't, in your judgment, he is not good enough to see the court for more than 10 minutes a game, it's on the fucking coaching staff. That's a you problem. Period. Exactly. <laughs> that's a you problem. That's a you so problem. So true. So you have two options. Your two options are sit the kid for the rest of the season. And tell everyone and show everyone that the kid's not ready and you're calling it a day. Or B, play the kid more than 10 minutes a game. Not for him, for Phil. Yeah. like what Phil if, needs to play less than 30 minutes a game. I just don't understand. Like, what is the point of four minutes? Not what, even four minutes. He plays two minutes usually. What are you getting from that? I don't understand. That's what I don't understand. Like, yeah. it's not going to make a difference to Phil's, like, legs if he plays 38 minutes or 39 minutes. It'll make a difference if he plays 33 minutes. Yeah. Like, that's, that's five minutes versus, like, a minute. Like... Forget it. Like, if you're playing in two minutes, it doesn't matter at all. Right. And if this team wants to win in March, then then Phil needs to be, Phil and Eric need to be down into the lower 30s of minutes per game. Yeah. And and look, I don't want to get too much into, like, the legs thing, like, them being tired. I would also just love to see, like, offensively, like, he he brings something different to the table. Totally brings something different to the table. Totally agree with that. There's a different look defensively. I get it on defensively that you feel like you have to play the zone when he's in. I get that. Yeah. Fine. I get that. But... You can do that for 10 minutes a game. You can yeah. do it for 10 more. We did it last year, actually. We mixed that zone in pretty well. Yes. Pretty effectively. Yeah. And here's the thing. Here's the reason why I think a lot of the fan base... So the fan base on Twitter was a mess yesterday. Mm. And I think here's the reason why. People are like, okay, if we're going to be 20-6, and six, if we're going to not be a three seed because you kissed that goodbye, right? That's gone yeah. now. Um, barring a total win out. If we yeah. win out, we have an outside chance if everything else falls right around us. Yeah. But I think it's pretty no, much no. gone. Much greater su- chance to get a six seed than a three yeah, seed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So 
if you're not going to be this all-world team, this top 10 team, elite eight type caliber team, or even like necessarily a sweet 16 caliber team, which I think is the absolute ceiling for this team, yeah. which we've been saying for a while, then then at least make this year productive in that, yeah, Phil and Eric can be like legitimate, like All-America type candidates, legitimate first team All-Big East, Big East player of the yeah. year type candidates. But the way the best to do that is to have them play 30 minutes a game, by the way, because they can play with more energy and yeah, yeah. and don't have to take breaks and whatever and pull up off the bounce and shoot ridiculous shots. And then work in the freshmen enough and, and the sophomores enough so that by the time the end of the season comes, everyone sitting around is saying, okay, cool, now I know what we have for next year. These guys are ready to take the mantle. And with the recruiting class that we have coming in next year, we should be set. Now everyone's sitting there thinking like, oh, fuck, Phil and Eric are going to leave. Yeah. Jay yeah. struggles who's to filling, play younger who's players. That void? Yeah. Who's filling that void? Because right now Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels ain't it. Yeah. Right? No, and absolutely. it's no offense to them. Phil Booth and Eric Paschal are terrific. Yeah. And we've right? relied on them too much. And we've relied on them too much. And now, you, now, now, now people are struggling with the – What's coming next? Yeah. So I get that. That's why I feel so. That's why I said to start to start this podcast. I feel so many different ways because on one hand I'm like, okay, keep it in perspective. Won two of the last three national championships. We're twenty and six. We're still in first place in the Big East Conference. Like, what is there really to complain about? And on the other hand, there is legitimate shit to complain about. Yeah. It's just it's just it's hard to get excited when you see when you see weeks like this when you're like, oh, there's just so many things that you can point to that are really limiting the team in terms of what we can do in March. And you just haven't seen enough firepower from the team to say, yeah, somebody's going to bail us out. Right. And we haven't seen the development, so you know it's not going to be the young guys who are going to come on and hit those clutch buckets, aside from Sadiq Bey, perhaps. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just not there. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. A lot of things to complain about, and, yeah, just makes me less excited, which is frustrating. Because right. at 26, you should be excited about the team. You should be like, this is great. It Look, six, six years ago, when the team was falling apart, we were killed for 20 and 6. Yes. Now we're obviously spoiled, but you still you still want to tighten the screws. Yeah, you're a victim. Like, you become a victim of your own expectations, right? Yeah. Because you're just like, okay, 20 and 6, any time in the first 10 years of Jay Wright's tenure would have been like, there's a good season in the making right. here. Yeah, absolutely. Now you went to the last three national championships and you're a one seed or a two seed five last yeah. year, the last five years. And now you're looking at 20 and 6 and saying, well, fuck. Well, it could be better. You know, right. it's like. Or, or, after the know, way the season started, after the way the season yeah. started, you say, you know what, we're just going to try and make the tournament this year and we'll get everyone better and next year we're going to be legit. You know what? You know what this kind of reminds me of? I don't know if you get this feeling like when you're trying to catch a plane. I always feel like if I'm going to, I'm going to the airport, right? I get stuck in traffic. If I hit a ton of traffic, I want to be like, ah, I got no chance of making the plane. Or I want to get there in plenty of time. I get so antsy when it's like, ooh, are you going to make it? You're not going to make it? Yeah. That's what I feel like with this team. It's like, start of the season, we could have just thrown in town, but like, ah, we're terrible. Or I want us to win a national title. This whole like, ooh, are we going to be good? Are we not going to be good? I don't know. It's frustrating. Yeah, but it really hurts me. But but I kind of like that though. Like, no, 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 I don't like it. I don't like. I get your point is really good in that it, it's that exact it's that feeling all the time where is this team gonna get, it, get figure out, it out? Are we gonna figure it out? And if we're not gonna figure out, then at least let me know so that I can book my next flight. Yeah, like right? look, if I Phil- get that. I get that's I get that hundred percent. But we said earlier in the season, to be fair, after we lost to Michigan, after we lost to Furman, we said 
on the podcast, we said it's fun to watch a team grow and develop and all this And that's stuff. the issue. Yes. And that is the issue is that I haven't seen the growth and development. Yes. Like we were just talking about. I totally agree with you and I support that narrative because we said it and I think it's totally true. But because the players haven't developed, I get really pissed off. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. That's what pisses me off. If the guys were coming along, I'd be like, let's ride it out. And if Phil and Eric get on a heater in March, then fuck it. We're going to the Elite Eight. But that's not happening. No, it's not. No, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Again, there's still a month left in the season. And I know you're pessimistic. And I get why you're pessimistic. But we have five games left in the regular season. And I think it's actually very beneficial from the legs argument that we made earlier. Our week that has a bye week is actually the last week of the season. So we play on March 2nd at home against Butler, and then we play at Seton Hall March 9th, which is great. Not big travel. It's a bus ride. Yeah. So not a lot of travel in that last bit, and then we're up in, and then we're up in the garden at the end of the year at, on the Thursday, the following week. So a lot of built-in rest leading up to the Big East tournament, which is good, and we're going to be a top-two seed in that tournament, barring losing out. Sure. Right? We win two more games. We win two games this week. And we're and we're good. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. So I I get it. I'm, I like I, I get both sides. That's why I'm like some I've been sitting I was in, sitting in my office today. Yeah, I work. <laughs> and I'm sitting in my office today, and I was sitting there, and I'm just like, fuck, I'm so fucking pissed. This sucks. Like, why do we do that, right? And on the other hand, I was sitting there, and I'm just like, yeah, but you know what? Like, I'd rather this happen now. Yeah. And and we got four weeks left until Selection Sunday, so I feel like totally. Oscillating thoughts. Yeah, shout out, shout out to our assistant coaches. If you assistant coaches are listening, it's on you. Pull Jay aside, sit him down, and say, "Chris and Rob said you need more JQ. We need more rotations and more player growth over the next month." Yeah, make it happen. And called out. And calling yeah, you out. You're called out. And <laughs> someone wave some magic hand pixie dust on Father Cole Peter. Spider. Father, yeah, that that's true too. Yeah, I feel like he's been gone forever. Yeah. The, uh, the shack strength and conditioning on the hand is a little bit lackluster this year. Yeah. Maybe because the volume was down. He just, like, lost his touch. I don't know. Yeah. So that's that's the game. Okay. Look, we, that was a long conversation. It but was. But we're just going to keep going. So, yeah. So no shout-out to um, Nova Insider this week. But we do want to do a special shout-out. Someone DM'd us. And we just wanted to shout-out Marie and Tom from Malvern, Pennsylvania. Thank you for being loyal listeners to the podcast. Marie from Malvern, PA, is a 1972 grad, listens to the podcast, shouts to you. Her husband is a converted Villanova fan. Love it. So really appreciate it. And shout out to the person who who, who DM'd us to do that, who's a 2000 grad. Shouts to you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We're a great friend. So we'll, no send, word we'll from, send you a t-shirt. Yeah, you got a t-shirt. <laughs> From Nova Insider coming. We actually talked to Nova Insider this week about, hey, man, you really need to step it up Yo, and like, this, get a at t-shirt. At this point, he's just going to be losing a lot of money on yeah. the free t-shirts so he, he promised. He gets no ad. <laughs> no ad. No ad. And another three t-shirts he's got to send. Yeah, I that's like right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so the week ahead is interesting because they represent two, two of the most winnable teams. games left in the season. So you're at Georgetown and you're at Xavier. Both winnable games. Georgetown and Xavier aren't good. Yeah, yeah, to be clear. They're both bad teams. They're both bad. Xavier in particular is bad. Xavier was below 500 before beating Providence this weekend. Did they win? Oh, I think they're back below 500. Yeah, no, they're not good. They're definitely Uh, not good. Okay. So we got to win these games. That being said, at Georgetown is a losable game. Yeah. 
It's a losable game. We did not play well against them. Save Colin Gillespie going for 30. Yeah. And, and we looked like garbage against them. And in that game, Jesse Govan, who's their best, like, clearly their best player. Played five minutes. Yeah. Fouled out. Zero points. That's not going to happen again. No. I guarantee it. No. So it could very well be challenging. And their fans will probably be somewhat excited because they're Georgetown. They get sort of pseudo excited. Well, for them, it's, it's, it's like all the other teams in the Big East this year because Xavier hasn't been good this year. Yeah. You have Marquette rising. And they view the game against us as like the litmus test. Then you have St. John's rising, and they view the game against us as the Ooh, litmus test. I feel like that'd be a great advertising have, line, Marquette rising. Yeah, and you have Georgetown, who believes in their heart that they are a rising program, and I think that they probably have a legitimate claim to that. They I have, mean, rising from they were a dumpster fire. So well, yes, yes, technically yes. they are rising. No, no, no. but but I but I think that they view their program, and I think that they're right in viewing it this way as ascendant. And Villanova, again, comes in late in the season, is the litmus test. Sure. Where do we stand versus Villanova right now? If nothing else, it's just if they lose, they can say. If they lost close, they can say, okay, we're getting there. We're close. Yeah, they're still looking for moral victories. Georgetown has played everyone in the uh, – what is it even called now? It was the Verizon Center. Ages ago. I don't even Ooh, know. I don't even know. Yeah. Whatever. They've played everyone in D.C. close. Everyone has been close there. That's a losable game. We could be sitting here on a two-game losing streak after after yeah. Wednesday. That'd be gross. But that's a game we have to win. After losing to St. John's, it'll prove to me, not a whole lot, but a, but a good amount about the moxie of this team if after that second half against St. John's, they come out and win two games that they're absolutely supposed to win but are going to be tough environments. Yeah. To win that, to win that race, stretch the record to 22-6. and six. Pretty nice. Which is solid. Yeah. And then that puts us, that puts Seton Hall and St. John's away. And now you're definitely one or two. And that sets up the big game at the Pavilion next Wednesday versus Marquette. That's going to be awesome. Okay. That's big. That's, yeah. I wish I could, wish I had tickets for that. Yeah. That'd be phenomenal. Yeah. So that's what it all sets up. You got to get to that game 22 and six versus Marquette, right? And that game be for the de facto conference title. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I mean, you talk about litmus test, that's a good one. Okay, did we figure out our issues? Are we actually a good tournament team? If we win that one, especially if we win it handily, that'd be awesome. We're not going to win it handily because the Finns fucking oh, cursed. God, fuck the Finn. <laughs> but that all being said, look, that's what that's the week ahead. That's what we have to look forward to. Special announcement, Rob and his wife are going to Cincinnati they're visiting a friend, yes. a friend of the pod, Walter Smith Randolph. Walter reports. He's yes. a journalist living in Cincinnati. They're go- He's a Villanova grad, graduated with us 2009. Yep. Um, and they're going to go to the game. And another special announcement. You heard it here first on the podcast. Rob will be conducting a one-on-one interview Get with excited. Walter. It'll be our third interview of the season. If you didn't, mi- If you missed it, the JD interview happened over the Christmas break. Um, we interviewed Sandro. Uh, Rocco of uh, of Sanzo. Yes. Earlier in the year, and Walter's going to be on the podcast. He's going to do a special interview with Rob there, and then Rob and I. When Rob gets back on Monday, we're gonna we're gonna break down the 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 week that was and the Marquette preview. And so that'll come. We'll be recording on Monday evening next week for a Tuesday drop. Yeah, which should be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see uh, excited to see the Cintas Center. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, look, I will say this: ticket prices have definitely been dropping as Xavier season has kind of fallen apart. That said, I'm sure the Xavier fans are still gonna be obnoxious and still gonna be pumped up to see if they can knock us off at home. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll, it'll it's always a raucous environment when we come to town. It's good. It yeah. should be that way. That that helps. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Make it a tough one. All so, right. so, look, that's it. We're going to keep it pretty short today. I mean, we had a lot to complain about for the game. We did, yeah. Um, and, but we have some things to be optimistic about and wanted to give a special shout out again to our listeners and thank you for listening and really appreciate it. Check out our one year anniversary podcast from, from last week. It was a fun one wide-ranging, a lot of fun, so we're keeping this one intentionally a little bit shorter. And then next week, check out the podcast. It'll drop next Tuesday, I believe, and that'll be uh, an interview, have a special interview with Walter Smith Randolph, um, journalist out of Cincinnati. So that's all we got. Let's do it. Let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Much appreciated. Even though sometimes it's hard, as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.